Question for you this morning. How do you see yourself? Be honest. How do you see yourself? You ever compare yourself to other people and come up short? I think all of us have at one time or another. Some of us maybe more frequently than others. We look at what somebody else looks like or what they can do, uh, what position they hold, the things that they have, and then we compare that to ourselves, right? And we look down on ourselves because we don't measure up all the time. Well, did you know that when all is said and done, you, now I'll tell you what, tell you what I'm going to do here. I'm going to say one, two, three, and when I get to three, I want everybody to say your name. And no wise guys going, your name, all right? None of that nonsense. So let's, let's practice. Ready? One, two, three. All right. So, did you know that when all is said and done, one, two, three, is one of the most important people alive today? And I'm going to show you why in just a little bit. Go ahead and turn to John chapter 20. As we finish our or get ready, we got one more chapter after this in the book of John. Been a good ride, hasn't it? Uh, started out this in, in the book of John. The, uh, the, the title that I had for the whole book was called Liar, Lunatic, or, or Lord, uh, if, you, if anybody knows C.S. Lewis. Because of what Jesus said and because of what Jesus did, he was either a liar, right? He said he was the Son of God, right? So he was either a liar or he was a lunatic, he was crazy. And if neither of those is true, then there's only one option left. He is Lord. Amen? And we have seen that as we've gone through the book of John. John chapter 20, beginning at verse 19. We've been following along through Christ's death on the cross, through his being buried and in the tomb, and... We saw last week, looking at his resurrection, how they found the tomb empty, how Jesus appeared to Mary, and uh, just incredible, incredible, uh, which is the basis for everything that, that we believe, right? If, if there was no resurrection, Jesus is still dead, his sacrifice wasn't enough, and we might as well all go home, right? But he is risen. He is risen. There you go. All right. We got to get we got to practice that. We got all got it at Easter time, right? He is risen indeed. John chapter 20 verse 19 says this, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, Sunday, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, "Peace be with you." Now, this was a standard Jewish greeting in the Hebrew it would be Shalom, right? Uh, peace. I wish peace on you. How especially appropriate, because think about it. Here are the disciples. They're in this upper room. The doors are locked. Why? Well, gee, if, the, if your leader, if your master, if the rabbi that you've been following has been crucified as a blasphemer, then if he's guilty, how about all of his disciples? Right, So they are behind locked doors. They're cowering. They have no idea what to do at this point. And Jesus says, peace. 
Plus, plus, right? This person just appears in the middle of a locked room. Now, I don't know about you, but that would shake me up just a little bit. Uh, Luke says that they thought that they saw a spirit or a ghost. They were startled and frightened. Gee, you think? <laughs> so Jesus greets them with peace, as he has numerous times. And Luke adds in, in Luke 24, 39, Jesus says, See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. Um, he knew what they were thinking, right? Uh, flesh and bones. He has flesh and bones. They can touch him, they can feel him, and yet he can appear in a locked room. Wow. Uh, this not only shows you the qualities of Jesus' resurrected body, but I think, and a lot of other people think, that this also gives us a glimpse of what our future resurrected bodies are going to be able to do, which is kind of neat. Kind of neat. So when he said this, he showed them his hands in his side, verse 20. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Again, try to put yourself there. Glad is an understatement. Right? They've been following Jesus for three years. They expected him to set up his kingdom in Jerusalem, surrounded by you know, the, the, the twelve, or, or now the eleven, uh, poor Judas. Uh, but but they, they expected all this to happen, and then they watched their king die. And they're confused. Mary comes back from the tomb. The other ladies come back. He's risen and all this kind of stuff. They see the empty tomb. But, you know, put yourself there. They I don't know what's going on. And then they see him. They see the nail prints, actually, in the wrists, right? They see the, the hole in his side where the sword was. They, they, they know it's him. And they are glad... Right? I mean, they are, they are just incredible, incredible, incredible. So, verse 21, Jesus says to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Now, there is a loaded statement. Um, I heard a preacher say years ago, and it always stuck with me, he said, This verse is just pregnant with meaning, right? Um, it may be a very small read, but there is a whole lot of life in there just waiting to be birthed. This verse is huge. Jesus, who, as we saw last week, uh, was coming up to his followers with this whole new relationship with God, right? Like he had. My father, your father, my father, or my God, and your God, right? He opened up to his followers that incredible relationship that he as a human um, being, still God, had with the Father, right? Uh, just unbelievable, um, but believable because it's the Word of God. But he says, and now I am passing my ministry to you. I am passing on my ministry to you. Not the dying on the cross for humanity's sake, okay, part, um, but the showing people the way to eternal life part. Sharing now the good news of the God who loves people. 
so loves people that Jesus would die on the cross for us and take our sins on that cross so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be cleansed, so that we could be made holy and God would fill us with His Spirit and His, and we would have that incredible new relationship with Him that starts here and ends up in heaven. We get to share that news. We get to, to continue on the ministry of Jesus who spent His life showing people how to get back to God. So let me ask you this. Let's say that you're out for a stroll one night, and on the corner is a guy, you know, just look a little eccentric maybe, and you see him, there's some people around, and you see him going like this. You go up and you say, what, what, what's he doing? And you find out he's handing out $1,000 bills, one per person. What would be the first thing you'd do? You would receive one, right? <laughs> Absolutely. But then, okay, here's this guy. He's handing out one per person. What would you do? You would pick up your phone, right? And you would start calling everybody you know. Get down here to such and such a place. You got you, This guy's handing out $1,000 bills. I just got one. The thing is legit, right? You would, you'd call everybody in your contact list, wouldn't you? Right? Because something like that, it's just, it just has to be shared. And I think sometimes we complicate this thing that we call evangelism. We even give it a big fancy theological name, evangelism, right? Like, 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 like it's something, uh, you know, that we have to study for a year or, you know, you know, that, that. when, when all it is, is sharing something wonderful that we found. I think about that sometimes. I still get awed by sunsets. Anybody else? Sunsets, rainbows, you know. And what do you want to do? You don't want to just stand there and look at it. You want to call somebody. You want to take a picture so you can show somebody. Life is meant to be shared. The wonderful things that we experience, we just want to share with somebody. It's not. It's 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 boring to just keep it all to yourself, right? And that is the whole thing about sharing the good news with other people. Like, like the guy um, that, that we saw back in John uh, 19 who, who was born blind. What did he say? Okay, He was born blind. Jesus healed him. He said, all I know, and I, and I like the way he puts it, all I know is I was blind and now I see. That's all he knew, Right? That was good news. <laughs> Wasn't that good news? But that's all he knew. He didn't have a theological degree. He wasn't one of Jesus' disciples that followed him around and this, that, and the other thing. He had an instantaneous healing and that he could share with other people. That's all I know, right? This is what life was like, and this is what it's like now, right? I mean, sure, um, we can and should get some further instruction, uh, training even, on how to scripturally lay out a plan of salvation so we can show people from the Word of God um, and, and answer some typical objections that people have? Absolutely. But that almost gives us a sense, I think, sometimes, that this is like I'm an encyclopedia salesman or something. You know, that this, this is going to be a, a cold call and a hard sell, and, and I'm, I've got something that nobody else, you know, wants, right? And let's be honest. 
Let's be honest, as we look at our culture, nobody wants organized religion. You, you, you see it, right? You see it, you hear it. It's a fact. But they do want peace. And they do want hope. And they do want something positive that makes a difference in their lives. Everybody is still looking for those things. Right? Have you found that? Have you found that deep inner peace? Have you found the hope that gets you through difficulties? Then share it. Plain and simple. Share it. Yeah, gas prices are terrible. But I don't worry like I used to. Yeah, why not? Right? Every time you turn on the news, it's doom and gloom. I'm so glad I don't get my sense of well-being from the news anymore. Oh, yeah? Why not? Boy, seems like the whole world is crazy, doesn't it? I mean, it is just nuts. But, you know, I know deep down I'm going to be okay. Yeah? Why? You know, there it is. Going back to Peter, I like this. First uh, Peter chapter 3, 15, like this in the New Living. And if someone asks you about your hope as a listen to these words. If someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it, but do this in a gentle and respectful way. I love that. We are not called to hit people over the head with the Bible. We're not called to force anything down their throats. We... <laughs> We're just sharing good news. We're sharing the difference in our lives. We're sharing the hope that we have. We're sharing the peace that we have. That's all. You know, I'm not trying to sound religious, but since I asked Jesus into my life, I just know he's with me, and it has made a huge difference. Who can argue with that? Right? Who can argue with that? If they bite, tell them more. If not, you've planted a seed, let it go. We complicate it too much. If they want more, stay with your story. right? I heard that Jesus took my sins to the cross and all I needed to do was to ask him to be my Savior and that he would save me and that he would adopt me into the family of God. And, and, and I don't know, I did that and he did. And, and now life is different. I have this peace. I have this joy. I, I, I felt forgiven. I, I, I feel God's presence in my life personally. I never had that before, right? And, and, and when I started reading the Bible, and it started making sense to me, and it never did before. What are you doing? You're just sharing your story. Tell what happened to you. Nobody can argue with that, right? Everybody else can tell what happened to them and what they're thinking and what they're feeling and what their philosophy is. Just add yours. This is, this is what's going on in my life. It's really not rocket science. And if someone asks you a question you don't know, <gasps> oh dear, you know people ask me questions that I don't know? And I'm the pastor. Say, you know, I really don't know that. But you know what, I'm going to find out. 
You know what that does? It gives you another opportunity to get with that person <laughs> and talk with them some more, right? We complicate it too much. Jesus didn't complicate it. He just loved people and talked to people. But start simple. Start simple. All I know is once I was blind, but now I see. All I know is life used to be this way, but now it's this way, and the difference is Jesus. That's it. I think I told you before, when I was 14, uh, first came to the Lord, and I led two people to Christ within like a week. Two of my young friends led them, led them to Jesus. And I didn't know squat. I didn't know anything. I didn't grow up in church. I had none of it. All I knew was, once I was this, now this. All I knew was that I had a joy in my heart that I hadn't had before. All I knew was that I had this presence of God that I, that I felt and I knew he loved me. And it, was, and it was wild. I just, you know, it was great. And they asked me, what's, what's up with you? What's different from you? This is what it is. And somebody told me that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, and, and I did that, and this is the result. Nobody told me, I, you're supposed to go out and evangelize. Nobody told me that. What's up with you? This is what's up with me. Oh, yeah, I want that. Ta-da. Right? Don't complicate it. Don't complicate it. And you know what? I will bet you that there are probably some people in your contact list that if you told them there's a guy on the street corner handing out $1,000 bills, they might not believe you. They might not, yeah, yeah, okay, right. What is this, April Fool's Day? What's going on, right? And they're not going to come down. They're not going to get one. Okay, that's on them, right? Same thing. You share, this is the difference in my life, this is what God has, has done, and, and, and there are those in your contact list, those that you work with and, and go to school with and everything else, and they say, that, I, I, that's not for me. Okay. Move on. Move on. That's not on you. That's not on me. Right? We just share the good news. Jesus said this, and it's still true, Matthew 9:37. He says, "The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. We have seen in this whole pandemic and post-pandemic, not, not, not only the fear and confusion and all the stuff that went on during the pandemic, but people, people drew inward. And, and and separated from other people and forgot how to talk and discuss things. And, and just there's so much rah, 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 rah. And people, the, the, because I think people really lost a sense of security that they thought they had. Same thing happened on 9-11. You know, we, we all thought, you know, we're, this is America. You can't touch America, right? And then 9-11 happens and we all went, I, my my jaw stayed on the floor for a week. I, what, really? Right? And people lost a sense of security. You, you remember how churches filled up for like two weeks, maybe three? 
But people were looking for something, weren't they? And people are, are angry and they're upset and they're disappointed and they're this and they're that, but they're still looking for something, something that you and I have to offer. Not a religion, not a set of rules that they couldn't even think of keeping, like us. Not a God who's mad at them because they cuss and party, but a God who wants to pour out His blessing and grace and love and mercy on them and welcome them into a wonderful relationship with Himself. And a God who wants to use people like you and me in the process. This is the incredible thing. That you and I have been brought into the eternally life-changing ministry of Jesus Christ. (laughs) That we literally have the ability to be used by God to change the lives of of other people. And not just temporary, but eternally. Right? To change their quality of life on earth. And maybe the lives of their children and their children's children because of that, right? To change their standing before God from someone who is in darkness destined for an eternity without Him to now someone who is in the light, destined to be in glory forever. And that makes you, one, two, three, one of the most important people who has ever lived. Do you see it? What you and I have, this gospel, that we, that we talked about last week, that is the power of God unto salvation for those who believe. We have that. I mean, that's, that's think about that's more power than a, than a hydrogen bomb. Seriously. Because why? Because it's eternal, right? Think about it. Angels don't have that privilege. They, they don't have that ability or that calling. We do to carry on the ministry that Jesus started. Restoring humanity to God, one heart at a time. Wow. And we all have our unique sphere of influence, don't we? No one else has exactly what you have, what I have as a sphere of influence. The neighbors, the people we work with, the people we hang out with, etc., etc. Everyone's sphere of influence is unique. And as someone once said, you may be the only Bible that someone ever reads. The only source of truth that they have. The only place that they will personally hear the good news about God's love and grace in Jesus Christ. This verse, this little bitty verse, is for every one of us who have received Christ as our own Savior. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. One, two, three. You. With the message of truth, with the message of hope, with the message of life, 
that can make an eternal difference in this world. Psychologists tell us that we, we have this innate need to be involved, to be part of something bigger than ourselves. This is, this is the hugest thing in the history of the world. Eternal life, right? And we are part of it. The question is, the question is, will we go? Will we share that truth? It takes a little, again, we complicate it, we make it this big thing, right? Instead of just having discussions with people that are light and casual and friendly. Um, but there's still, and I feel it too, you know, there's still this, what if they reje reject me? What if they re reject it, right? Then they're rejecting me, I've made somebody mad, or this or that, or the other thing. I, I think that's a, a shroud of lie that the enemy is just using against all of us to keep us in the closet, so to speak, to keep us from sharing, because he that, that he wants that least of all of anything in the world to get more people out of his kingdom and into the kingdom of God. So be willing. Now, re remember, Jesus said, as the Father sent me. Did, did, did the Father send Jesus alone? Did he send him without his presence? Did he send him without his power? Did he send him without the, the leading, the guidance, and the power of the Holy Spirit? No. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. We go out into the world knowing Right? In, in the, uh, we, we talked about the, the Great Commission, go into all the world, right? Which is what we're talking about. And Jesus said, and lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. As we go out, as we share with gentleness and respect, Jesus says, I am with you every step of the way. With that same presence of God, with that same power of the Holy Spirit, to make a difference in this world. Will we go? Will we go? I, I, I want you to listen to this song on this video this morning. Hi, this is Pastor Ron Silver. To avoid any copyright issues, we've removed the YouTube video from our recording of this message, but you can find it by going to the link on your screen, or if you're listening to this via podcast, uh, just do a YouTube search for Give Me Your Eyes by Brandon Heath. Uh, this is a powerful song and an equally powerful video. I know it's going to bless you. And after it's done, I'll be back for a couple of closing comments. God bless. That's a powerful video. What a God-honoring prayer. Lord, give me your eyes. Help me to see what I've been missing. You know, we, we just get so caught up in stuff and realize that this is a world full of people, a world full of people that Jesus loves. And uh, let's, let's pray that prayer this morning. God, give us your eyes. Help us to realize that not only have you called us to this ministry, but there's people all around 
people who you love. People, Lord, sometimes that we may not even like very much. But you love them. And you want them to know you. So God, help us to uncomplicate this thing. Help us to just talk with people. So many, so many different ways to just share the good that we found. Anoint us, empower us, motivate us, Lord, to get out of our comfort zone a little bit. And help us, Lord, to carry on this most important ministry. We thank you for it. If you're here this morning while we're praying and in the sound of my voice, and maybe you're one that doesn't have that deep down peace, that doesn't have that hope, you're still searching for something real, something tangible, something that you can hold on to. Can I tell you that that something is a someone and his name is Jesus and he rose from the dead and he's at the right hand of the Father but he can be as real to you as anybody else that you know. He said, I stand at the door and knock and if you will open that door of your heart, I will come in and you can know him in a personal way. And have that peace and have that security to walk through the difficulties of life and know you're going to be okay. And if that's what you want, if that's who you want, just pray this prayer in your heart. Say, Lord, I'm opening that door to you. I'm asking you to be my Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. That I could be cleansed. I could be forgiven and free, and that I could know you every day that I walk this earth and be reunited with you in a, in a brand new way when I leave this earth forever and ever. Thank you, Lord, for being my Savior. Lead me, Lord, for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen.